the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church in today's world. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and your concerns. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we will hold off on our series on Neither Give Place to the Devil and dedicate a special program to the recent presidential election. Question, in light of the present and recent protests, demonstrations, riots, frustrations, anger, and disappointment around Donald Trump, in light of all of these things, what is the biblical view on how we should treat or act and respond as Christians to those in public office? Well, for the answer to this question and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And uh, we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be lifted up and uh, blessed tonight in the Lord. Well, as Brother Gary said, we're going to tackle this subject uh, of the the recent uh, election of the new president uh, that's coming into office. And there's so much, uh, a lot of uh, heat, but uh, virtually little light. So we hope to give a little light uh, tonight as we tackle this subject matter. And uh, I just want to kick things off by saying uh, the 2016 presidential election is now all over and in what very few could ever have imagined after being surprised and uh, shell-shocked that Donald Trump is elected president of the uh, United States. In the face of most of the liberals and conservatives and news networks and all polls predicted Hillary Clinton to win, this was a great shock. Uh, very similar uh, to something else that comes to mind uh, with me in relationship to the Cleveland Cavaliers were down three to one and then uh, came back and shocked the world and beat the Golden State Warriors. So, but in the face of all of this, there's a serious question. What should be the Christian church response to all of this? Because, The church has a place in this and should give reasons and answers because that's what 1 Peter 3 and 15 says. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of you, a reasonable hope that's in you with meekness and fear. So the world around us is asking questions. They want to know 
what's the church's response? And the church cannot uh, put their head in the sand like an ostrich and think that everything is going to go away. So the question is, what is the Christian church response and what should we do around this? And I would look, like to uh, share with you uh, eight things that we can do around this presidential election. And you might want to write these eight things down uh, that uh, we can do as a church because uh, we play uh, a major part in all of this as well. So number one is, the first thing, of course, is to pray for the soon-to-be President Trump. Why do I say that? Because the Bible commands us to pray for Quote, all who are in high positions. This is found in 1 Timothy 2, uh, verses 1 through 2. It says in verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayer, and intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And verse 2, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So the scriptures, the Bible, commands us to pray for our leaders. And in the world today that I see not only outside the churches and uh, inside churches, sad to say, very few people are praying for uh, the president as well as the president-elect And this is a grave sin. And the scriptures also teach us in Romans 13 and 7, uh, also commands us to give honor to whom honor is due in the light of these leaders. Many of us have deep differences with our new uh, elected president in policy as a person. But in principle, no matter which candidate had been elected, but we are commanded by Scripture uh, to pray for them, pray for them who are in authority, you know, not to just criticize them, but to pray for them. And the Bible commands us to do that, and we need to tell people to pray. Have you prayed for the leaders today? Have you prayed for your church leader? Have you prayed for the new coming president? Number two, Let us all remember and be reminded in the midst of chaos and confusion and fear, and we have a lot of that going on today, and worrying about the future, that God is in charge. That's number two. God is in charge. God is in control. And God is on the throne in heaven and in the universe and uh, everywhere else. God is over presidents, kings, rulers, judges, police, men, and women, and even over church leaders. In Isaiah 6 and 1, he saw God on the throne. You need to see God on the throne, not the president or the president-elect or not even your pastor on the throne. God is on the throne, and he has the final say. Some people say this. Quote, I am concerned about the future of this country, and I fear the future with the president coming in. 
Well, I fear the the future with the past president and and uh, most presidents that's in office. But you know what? God has not given us a spirit of fear. God had to take that out of my heart. I had to repent of that. God don't want us to be fearful regarding the future. And people say, I am concerned and fearful of the future of this country and the future of our children and our grandchildren. But let me remind you that God is on the throne in heaven, and he's on the throne on earth. He is in charge, and he is in control. How about that? Number three, we need to be reminded and remember that God, the God of the Bible is a judge of rulers and kings. He is a judge of rulers and kings. It lets us know in Psalms 82 that God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, and he judges among those who are doing injustices. You see, over and over again in the Old Testament and New Testament, that God judged the leaders when they were not in his will, not doing his will. God judged them. It's not your job to judge them and send them to hell. That's not your job. You are not God. You're not called to be God. You're not called to take on the role of God. That's God's role. And you need to leave it up to God to judge those and do your part to pray for them and support them in any way God calls you to do. Number four, we as Christians need to keep our eyes on Scripture and be reminded and remember that Romans 8 and 28 says, And God worketh all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, God has a purpose in what's going on today. And he's on the throne, and he'll get the last say. He always gets the last say. And his providential hand is at work, even though we don't see it. Just like uh, in the book of Esther, the, the name God is not mentioned one time, but God was in control. And when Haman was getting ready to hang Mordecai, the rope ended up on Haman's neck. See, God is involved in this world, and he'll make your enemies your footstool if you believe it, if you trust in God. Number five, let's be reminded and remember that Jesus, nor the early church, never rebelled, never started a riot against the pagan Roman world of their day. Amen for that. Nor did they rebel and commit riots against the ungodly Roman emperors. But we got people today in the churches, outside the churches, rebelling, rioting, and and doing all sorts of things in the community. And they're not being Christ-like because Jesus said uh, that uh, he, re- he did not teach us to do that. And And Paul says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The only thing that the early church stood up against the Roman pagan world was when they tried to interfere with the things of God. And and Peter said in Acts 4, we must obey God rather than man. And that's what, uh, what we're supposed to do as well. Jesus and the apostles and the disciples never tried to change Rome or change the Roman government, 
but they were involved in changing the lives of people, and that's what we must do as well, be involved with changing the lives of people. We got some people who are, who are Christians who are more politicians than Christians. They will pass out, they'll be more involved with passing out ballots than uh, passing out tracts for Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, this is quite interesting, the way the world is going, going to hell in a handbasket. Number six, we must call people to a prophetic clarity. Call people to a prophetic clarity. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is to call them back to true repentance. Our number one goal in life is not first to be a Democrat, a Republican, or independent, but our first call is to be a Christian, is to seek the kingdom of God. Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We are called first to be Christians. We are called, secondly, to be disciples of Christ, and we are called, thirdly, to bring people to true repentance of their sins and to true reconciliation to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number seven, and there is nothing wrong with protesting if we are doing it in a peaceful way, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. But this protesting that's going on today, a lot of it is good, but the others is violence and breaking up people's property and destroying people's property. This is of the enemy, and it must stop because it is something that is not of God to hate others, to hate the president, to hate uh, people, to, to be violent in the lives of people, violent towards their property, rioting, vandalism, thefts, and all that stuff is of the enemy. And God is calling us to be, to live peaceably with all men. Number eight, and lastly, we need to always be ready to do the three Ps. Pray, number one. Number two, preach. And number three, promote the gospel of Christ. Let us remember and be reminded that God is neither a Democrat, Republican, or Independent. God is not interested in taking office, but God is interested in taking over as King of kings and Lord of lords. He has, he has said to us, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever happens to America, we must seek first the kingdom of God. Let me say this in closing. Donald Trump has said over and over that we want to make America great. I want to change that up, Mr. Trump, and say we need to not make America great. We need to make America Christian. That's what we need to do. Make America Christian. And uh, that's the thing that needs to be put on hats and put on uh, our lives and in our hearts. This is the ultimate goal to make America Christian again, to get back to the forefathers, to get back to the Reformation fathers, to get back men back to the cross and the resurrection and the confession of their sins to Jesus Christ. Well, these are eight principles that we can learn from what I've been teaching on. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says regarding these eight principles. Brother Gary. 
All right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and guess what? We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Looks like all of our lines are busy, so hang on. If you are trying to get in, uh, don't give up. We'll we'll have a line free for you in just a moment. So keep trying. Uh, it's a hot topic tonight. We're excited about tonight's broadcast. We're live in the studio with you. If you have questions or comments, we're here to entertain those questions or comments. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. That's what we are about. This is a prayer driven ministry, and uh, without prayer. Uh, we wouldn't be on the air. So we will, We want to begin by thanking those of you who have been diligent prayer warriors for contending for the faith. We want you to know that your prayers have gone answered. You know, God hears your prayers. God continues to bless this ministry. God is with us. God continues to, to provide us with the necessary support that we need through um, partners just like yourself. We just can't thank you enough. And we also want to thank those who did partner with us over the last couple of over the last week financially to support this ministry because it is listener supported. We want to thank uh, James, Jackie, and uh, Scott, um, just to name a few. We want to uh, remind you, though, that it does cost us $400 a week to stay on the air. And so we need your help. We need your consistency. We need your consistent prayer as well as your consistent giving. There's two ways to support Contending for the Faith. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553 Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second is so much easier. Just go onto your computer, your laptop, or your smartphone and go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. It's that simple. And away you go. You'll be a blessing to us and to the listening audience for time and eternity. It's so important that you remain consistent in your giving. It's so important that you remain consistent in your prayers for contending for the faith. Just another quick announcement. We will be out of the studio for the next two weeks for the Thanksgiving break, but we will be uh, re-airing the best of contending for the faith for the next two Saturdays, so you don't want to miss those programs. We won't be live, but you'll be able to continue to hear good teaching as as usual. Uh, we will be airing the best of contending for the faith. So don't miss those programs. And we'll be back in two weeks live uh, in the studio. Dr. Buckner, we're ready. Uh, thank you, Brother Gary. I appreciate those announcements. And uh, definitely we will uh, be back in the studio in a couple of weeks uh, after tonight. And we're looking forward to that. I just want to say a few more things uh, and then we'll get to the callers. So we want you to bear with us. Um, recently, uh, there was a, the right tone, um, and during the victory speech on Tuesday, uh, evening, uh, you know, when, uh, the, um, great things started happening in the life of, uh, Trump and then also getting together uh, shortly thereafter with, uh, the president, 
and the tone was set uh, for uh, us building unity. And I wanted to say a few things around this, just six quick points. Uh, that That's the first thing, that the tone was set in them meeting together to uh, establish unity in the world. And with them meeting together like that, the world should meet together because they're setting the tone. What's going on with us today not setting that tone as well? And uh, so we see that. And his and secondly, his message with the president, uh, Obama, set the right tone, and he was very respectful, and they were very respectful to each other. And this is the way we need to be in this world. They were setting the tone uh, not only meeting together, but also uh, being respectful of one another. Uh, thirdly, um, Secretary uh, Hillary Clinton set the right tone after her speech, after she conceded the election and talked about the people coming together and uh, working together. But the world is just doing the opposite. And the uh, American people, number four, the American people have to unite and understand and accept the fact that the president-elect Donald Trump is going to be the president of the United States. Whether you like it or not, he's going to be the president of the United States, and we need to pray for him. And fifthly, and you have to find ways, if you don't agree with his policies or his things that uh, he proposes, find things that you do agree with and work together with him to make this country great again, and especially make it Christian. And number six, uh, and lastly, I hope that the Democrats, this is an important point, I hope that the Democrats uh, write to their president, uh, Obama and Secretary Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, which the people out there rioting have a high respect for, and the ones who are protesting, and that they will go forth and speak publicly about what they're doing, because they will listen to them even greater than they'll listen to Trump. So they need to step up. And uh, we need to find a common ground, you know, around people can work with Trump around the economy, around jobs, around criminal justice reform, around uh, the health care and around the common goals around education, the common goals for the poor and the oppressed. We need to come together, and we need to listen to one another. This is the problem today. Despite the differences that we have, we need to listen to one another. And I close on this note, James 1 and 19. Be slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to wrath. The Scriptures command us to be good listeners. Even with people that we don't agree with or don't like, we are to be good listeners and listen to their opinion. Now I'm going to say this, and I'm done. Billy Graham just turned 98 uh, on uh, November the 7th, 2016. And he said, he's still saying profound things. He said, quote, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get them down on their knees. Oh, what a great quote. Well, let's get to our callers, Brother Gary. All right. We're going to go to uh, Brother CC on line one. CC, how are you doing this evening? Hey, how you guys doing? We're truly blessed. And how about yourself? Um, I'm blessed. Wonderful show. Wonderful show. Really enjoying it. Well, thank you. We trust that it's uh, blessing you and you're getting a lot out of it. Oh, yes, yes. Most definitely. Most definitely. Very good. And what's on your heart tonight? 
I wanted to ask you two questions. Uh, first, I want to ask you one. Um, uh, in, uh, out of the Bible, uh, uh, as a particular person, I wanted to um, ask you if you could uh, give me some uh, the definition on it. Uh huh. And which one is that? You want to? Uh, you have your Philippians uh, four nineteen. Okay. You want to read that so the listening audience will be yeah. with us. Yeah. No problem. Uh, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Help me with that one. Very good. Very good. This is a powerful scripture uh, and a comforting scripture uh, for those who uh, are doubting the the resources of God. God has a, a lot of resources for us spiritually, physically, emotionally, and even financially. And Paul is telling these Philippian Christians who had, a lot of their resources had been deleted. They had struggled. They were going through a whole lot. And Paul was reassuring them that if they trust in Jesus, he will supply all their need. He didn't say want. You know, there's a difference between need. He, he could have said want. But no, God doesn't operate like that. He says, need, according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Remember, in, in Corinthians, Paul says he became poor that we might be rich through his poverty. So a lot of times uh, we make the mistake of thinking that uh, God doesn't have enough resources for us. And we don't call out his name to help us when we are down to nothing. And then I always say when we're down to nothing, God is always up to something. If you do an exegetical study of, of Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about he has come to bring us all sorts of blessings in the heavenlies. And so a lot of us say we want to wait and get our pie in the sky by and by. That means when we get to heaven, that's when we're going to get blessed. No, God says, uh, Jesus says that, uh, and, and the Apostle Paul is saying, and as Jesus inspired him through the Holy Spirit, that there are many blessings in the heavenlies. If we seek God for these needs and for these things, he will supply them. And so, and then it fits into also uh, John 10 and 10. It says, Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundant. He's talking about having an abundant life now. You, we think about, well, I'm going to get that abundant life when I get to heaven. No, he's telling you, that he's not saying that that's not true, but God got a resource of supplies of blessings right now for you and riches for you right now. That doesn't mean everybody's going to be rich, but he'll give you enough uh, supplies to make you feel like you're rich because you're going to feel so blessed by the resources that he supplies for you. So my God, but my God shall supply your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, then the devil will come to us oftentimes and say, you know what? Uh, you know, you need to cheat for this. You need to doubt God. You need to fear this and fear that. But this is a promise. This is a promise here. And we need to trust God's promise that he will supply our, all our needs. He didn't say some, but all our needs according to his riches and glory. And then this fits also into Matthew six thirty three. You remember that scripture? 
Yes, I do. Okay. Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's the word again, all, and here's the word all here. All those things will be added unto you. Amen. So hopefully that helps you out. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Amen. Amen. All righty. And do you have another question? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what's your view uh, in terms of uh, uh, young, 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 young adults between the ages of 18 and 45 um, who are committing suicide? I know a lot of people out there are saying, well, how can he stay 45? I know a lot of people may not be aware that, you know, that even 40 is considered a youth. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a counseling in the Bible that you know you know God had talked about some people that age. So I want to I want to cover the whole spectrum of young people, and I want to ask you um, what do you think about that? Because the suicide rate is really high when people people within that age range. I know you know. So I just want to ask you what you think would be the solution for that because this is happening a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, let me first of all say that suicide is not the unpardonable sin. You know, it's blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want to say that as an opening. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I want to say this, that suicide is a grave sin, though, because uh, it lets us know in uh, Exodus 20 that thou shalt not murder. That's the Hebrew word. You know, the old King James, thou shalt not kill, but it's, thou shalt not premeditate murder. And so God uh, really rebukes us upon doing this and stuff like that. Uh, and the scriptures lets us know in the book of Job, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's the one that has the prerogative to give life and take life. So uh, I believe that the answer to the suicidal problem today is the fact that uh, people uh, are experiencing so much in life. Uh, They're depressed, they're frustrated, they're angry, They've been abused, misused, and they're on drugs and alcohol and prisons and all of that stuff. And young people uh, are disenchanted with their family, breaking up with a boyfriend, going to the Golden Gate Bridge, jumping off and other bridges. So the answer to this problem is really uh, not only ministering to our young people, ministering to them and counseling them but to get them to the Bible, get them to the Word of God, that they'll discover God's grace, God's love, God's forgiveness, and and and, and then a, a sense of family. They need to be surrounded around uh, other young people who are believers so they can have a core group to help to strengthen them too. So the Word of God and, and, and sometimes sermons need to be preached on the importance of life that Jesus came to give life and give life abundantly. And Satan is a murderer. You remember it talks about that in John 8 and 24, that Jesus said he's a murderer and uh, and the father of all lies. So they need to be educated on the fact that Satan is the one that's whispering in their spirit these things. And a lot of these young people don't know nothing about the Bible. They don't have, they're not involved with church. They're not involved with uh uh, counseling, Christian counseling. So we got to get these young people back in the church, get them back with core youth groups, get them into Christian counseling, and get them into a sense of dignity and respect and all of that stuff of God and themselves. So those are just some principles there. Hopefully that helps you out. Yes, that did. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I, I fully agree. Fully hey. agree. 
Amen. Well, we're going to pray for you. we got a lineup of callers, and we're going to pray for you and try to get to the next caller. Okay, I just want to just pray for me. Um, pray for my family again, usually my mother, my father, and all my family members. And then um, pray for me, too. Um, I have, I'm have i asking God for confirmation so I talk to a certain person. You know, it's, it's very important. So I just want to ask, you know, that he'll help me in that confirmation. And secondly, the last one is I have a presentation to do on Tuesday and I'm not prepared because I'm very bad with computers, and all the other kids in my class are going to be doing their presentations, and this is a big part of my grade, and I didn't do, I didn't do my last presentation, so I want to be able to, to be able to do it, you know, so I'm very bad at computers, so it's really, I'm going to really need God's help to end doing this presentation so I can be up there with the other kids doing it. Amen. Well, we're proud of you uh, pursuing your education as a young man and keep on doing that, and we got Brother Gary to pray for you. All right, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Cece. We pray that you would continue to bless him physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, that you would give him favor in terms of this presentation, help him, Lord God, to get the help he needs with uh, the computers, and help him, Lord God, with his family. We pray that you would protect them and keep them as well, Lord God. Strengthen him and encourage him, Lord God, and help him to know that David said he's been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. That, Lord God, you will supply all of his needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Give him that assurance. Give him that confidence. And, Lord God, help him to stand upon your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And we have some more callers uh, there. And uh, you hang in there right when we come back from the commercial break. We're going to get right to you. Right CC, thank you for your call. All right, keep me on the air, too. Okay. All right, you. well, it's time for this to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Give us a call. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Again, we want to thank everybody who's been praying for Contending for the Faith and supporting us financially. And if you've never given to Contending for the Faith, there's two ways to do that. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-O-R-O-N. That's T-I-B-U-R-U-R-O-N, Tiburon, <laughs> California, 94920. I can spell, actually can do that. Okay, and the second way is to go onto your computer, laptop, or a smartphone and just go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, hit the donate button and away you go. Also, we just want to remind you that for the next two weeks, we will be bringing you the best of Contending for the Faith. We won't be live in the studio, but you can tune in and hear wonderful teaching. Nevertheless, over the next two weeks, we'll be back after Thanksgiving with our live broadcast. But don't forget to tune in for the best of Contending for the Faith over the next two weeks. Let's get back to the callers, Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, uh, for those announcements. And we're going to go to Brother Rick. How are you doing this evening, Brother Rick? I am blessed, and uh, I, I just want to share something that was uh, really uh, significant today because, uh, I mean, a lot, of us, a lot of us have been affected by the elections in so many ways. I, I, I receive people, people I, I have people in my family that have been screaming bloody murder over the election. And it just so happened today that I spoke to my cousin Debbie, who did not want to talk to me for a couple of weeks because she knew my views. 
finally she uh, finally she just let things off let let things out and what 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 was very significant about it was it finally got to a point where she she just finally just let it all out and finally she opened up on something that she never opened up with anybody before i can't go into detail about it because of confidentiality but I think the, the lesson the lesson I learned here is that if we take time, even 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 the people who are out there in the streets or who plan to go out there in the streets or are feeling the way a lot of these people out in the street feel, we have to listen to them. And what I what, what I learned from my cousin Debbie is that her source of pain is something much deeper than the political pain. There was something that happened to her when, when she was younger, and she shared it with me. And I said, Debbie, you know, I'm going to pray for you. You need to get to counseling and everything else like that. I'm behind you on that. But I think the lesson we have to learn, too, is to show, be, be, be firm, have your convictions, but show love. Amen. Uh, we really appreciate that, Rick. And it's also good to hear from you and uh, knowing that God is uh, healing you and helping you to get better. We can't wait till you get better back with our staff and uh, we appreciate your uh, words of uh, wisdom here and sharing uh, that experience. Uh, it's, a, it's a blessing to hear those words because that is so true that uh, love is the key. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. You have loved one for another. And, and as I've been pounding tonight, is uh, we have all these differences, but if we can't get to the place where we can show love and also be a good listeners, uh, we might as well uh, just shut down the conversation because if people are not going to listen and be open and they're going to say, don't confuse me with the facts, my mind is already made up, uh, you need to move on to somebody who is going to listen because that's very important for us all. In order to have a healthy dialogue, we may disagree but we have to disagree agreeably. That's a, that's what's important. Amen. Thank you, brother, so much for your call and your uh, words of wisdom there. And God bless you. And keep in contact with us. And we can't wait to get you back. And God bless, Doctor Buckner. God bless you too. God bless everybody. Praying for everybody else too. Thank take you so care. much. All right, brother Rick. Take care. God bless. All righty. Always good to hear from Brother Rick. All right. Let's go to our next caller, Deborah in Oakland. Sister Deborah, how you doing? Hi, brothers. How you doing this evening? Well, I'm in pain, but I don't mind. Amen. God sometimes allows the pain so you can get to the gain. Sometimes he allows a crucifixion so you can get to a resurrection. You can't get to a, a resurrection unless you go through a crucifixion. So, God is working a great work in you, no matter how what you're going through, and what's what's on your heart tonight. What's well, you a, know, um, uh, is someone asked me this question, and I want to see what you think. You know, it says um, a woman should not usurp a man's authority when it comes to teaching, right? Um, and 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 a mixed congregation or in or in any situation that a man should be in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the pastor gives permission, is that the same thing as um, uh, him allowing it because of the message that she may have that might help people? Well, that's that's an oxymoron. I'm just going to say this: that that women can teach in a church, 
amongst even men from a biblical perspective, as long as they're not uh, saying that they are called to, to be a pastor. Uh, so um, an example of this would be Priscilla and Aquila. You know, they taught Apollos. They were a married couple that taught uh, Apollos, and he was a leader uh, in the church, one of the great leaders of the church. Some scholars even believe that he might have wrote uh, the book of Hebrews. We don't know who wrote it. But uh, so uh, when Paul talks about don't usurp the authority over a man, uh, he's women. He's basically saying the pastoral role. So there's a lot of women who uh, are great teachers, you know, Johnny Erickson Tata, Kay Arthur, you know, Beth Moore, and, and, and none of them, you know. I uh, have a teaching gift. Yeah, and none of them uh, go forth and talk about their pastors. But uh, I wouldn't mind having a, a lady uh, teach in, in our church as long as she's not uh, claiming to be a pastor. I mean, God has given women gifts, and they need to exercise those gifts and use it for God's glory. And so that's where we're at with that. Well, I don't want to be a pastor, so that would be no problem. Amen. Amen. Um, but, uh, you know, um, so many people have said that women should not teach anything because except the women. So I just wanted to clarify that point. Yeah, they they not looking at the totality of Scripture, and that's why I gave an example of, uh, you know, uh, Paulus, because that's— uh, you know Priscilla and Aquila because they taught Apollos, and that uh, is a is a, an example right there in Scripture. Well, thank you so much for your call, and and thank you for always your good questions as well. Oh, thank you. All righty, God bless, and we'll be we'll be contacting you soon. Okay. All righty, love you now. God bless. I love you too. All right, we got time to squeeze in Jermaine. Welcome to Contending for the Faith. How you doing, Brother Jermaine? It was a great show tonight. Amen. Thank you for hanging in there with us, and you've been with us for a while tonight, and, and we appreciate that. And I trust that uh, what was said here tonight uh, has been an encouragement to you. Yeah, it was an encouragement. And, uh, it, it actually, my, that, that was going to be my question for tonight, just uh, how to appropriately respond biblically, because it seems like people have gone crazy and really disappointed in, in uh, some people who call themselves Christian out there doing everything but what Scripture tells them. So uh, thank you very much for, for that answer. Yeah, see, we, we're living in a world today by which um, we just don't listen. We don't respect and we don't listen to people, even though they have differences. And we have to give uh, uh, President-elect uh, Trump a chance to serve. You know, he's won, and, and God allowed him to be there where he's at. And we have to work together with him. Uh, all of this rebellion, rioting, vandalism, um, just uh, dividing the country is not doing anything for the country at all. It's not making the country better. And that's why I call upon, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, I uh, call upon Hillary, I call upon Obama to speak out against these people that's doing these things, and none of them has done it yet. They need to come forth publicly and rebuke this uh, because it's something that they will listen to them a lot more than they'll listen to Donald Trump. So they need to do that. That needs to be a rebuke on their part right now. Right, a- amen. Right. Amen. You know, just uh, 
want to keep their president elect in prayer because I'm hearing, you know, even crazy people wishing for his death. And, you know, he, he hasn't been even given a chance to fail yet. And the things he said were, were indefensible, but nothing he said required his elimination. And it's just disappointing. But And I, I was one of the people that read the WikiLeaks articles and it truly the lesser evil was put in office regardless of what anybody thinks of him. So just, just wanted to keep him in prayer. Yeah, we, that's why I mentioned the first thing uh, on my list uh, in terms of the Christian response. It tells us that in Timothy, uh, you know, First Timothy 2, 1 through 2, that we are to pray for our leaders and pray for the kings and leaders. Uh, but they said the same thing about Obama, too, when he came into office. They they said that people were going to kill him, too. Uh, but uh, God has his hands upon these leaders, and we're praying for them. Uh, I think a lot of it is, uh, is uh, just people right now venting a lot of their anger and their frustration. But uh, they need to uh, respect the people's votes. The people voted for him to be where he's at. Now, this is, a, this is an important point that I'm going to share with you. And you can share it with others too. Um, I believe that the people out there that's that's protesting right now, over half of them didn't even vote. I, they don't even need to be on the street. If you didn't vote, you you don't need to be on the street at all. I mean, because you want change, but you but you didn't do nothing to vote to help to bring about a change and. And, I mean, you know, there's there's several people, you know, uh, have jumped on, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick uh, because here's another guy that didn't vote. You know, the the, the quarterback, you know, for the 49ers, he didn't vote. And yet he's, he's, he's want to see change and everything like that, but didn't even vote. So, you know, how could you say you want change and you want things to change? There was a time when blacks, the only thing that they can do is pick cotton. Now they can pick presidents if they go out and vote. And the interesting thing about Hillary, a lot of the blacks, many of the blacks in different states didn't even go out and vote because they were Democrats, but a lot of them didn't go out and vote. And, you know, and she didn't hit up uh, those uh, areas aggressively as much as uh, Donald Trump did and and. Twitter's things out, and I think he was right when he said she doesn't have the stamina, she doesn't have the energy, you know, to do those things. And that was her own uh, demise and, and and the failure of her achieving her goal, you know. So, and it's it's a principle for all of us, too. We, we get rewards before God when we are extreme at working for God, you know, uh, if, if we— if we work hard for God and and be committed to our talents and things, uh, there's a crown. But if we don't, we lose out. Well, she lost out because she didn't. She wasn't aggressive, as aggressive as as he was. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Thank thank you so much for your your uh, call. And we again will be back in the studio in a couple of weeks of so the first uh, uh, Saturday of. Um, you know, December, uh, we'll be back. Uh, but uh, we 
uh, be out for the holidays, uh, the Thanksgiving holidays, but we'll have, we're going to probably re-air this one again because it's been a dynamic show tonight. And then we will do a Thanksgiving one that I did in 2014. And uh, that's back when uh, I was listening to it when uh, my wife had her surgery on her knee around that time. So you'll hear that, but don't interpret it that she's having surgery now. (laughs) 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 Amen. (laughs) Put a disclaimer at the beginning. She got to have surgery on the other knee uh, in another year, but it's not now. (laughs) Amen. You're going to get all kinds of uh, well-wishing cards. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> well happy thanksgiving to everybody out there in radio land thank you for being supporters and prayer warriors for us and step up to the plate some people tonight uh go to the paypal and this week uh bless us we only had three people respond this week or so and we got to have more than that so we need people to step up to the place this is one of a kind a christian radio program thank you brother jermaine for your call All right, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Brother Elias, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are definite encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until the next two weeks at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 